Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out every day with my email newsletter, The Kaka, which is a Substack. It's for paying subscribers and it's all about uh, the global economy, the local economy, and in particular, the geopolitical and political economy parts of our um, society. And in particular, how all of these things affect housing affordability, climate change action, and child poverty in Aotearoa, New Zealand. This morning I wanted to focus offshore at what's happening in the UK political economy and more broadly in Europe. Overnight, as expected, Liz Truss has been uh, elected as the leader of the Conservative Party by just over 140,000 Conservative Party members and she'll be sworn in tomorrow as the new British Prime Minister to replace Boris Johnson. You may not have heard of Liz Truss but effectively she is a right-wing populist with the usual supply-side tax-cutting magical thinking policies. So her idea is you just need to tax, you just need to cut taxes for uh, richer people and uh, you need to run budget deficits to grow the economy and that will magically solve the problem. This is difficult for Britain to do because that sort of uh, supply side policy mix doesn't work. In, in effect, uh, when you do this, you widen inequality, which actually slows economic growth because you don't invest so much in infrastructure or in skills or in training and you drive even more people into an unproductive poverty and create political divisions and uncertainties that reduce economic growth over the long run. Now the question is uh, how much is this going to affect us or more broadly what does it say about the longer term effects of all of this geopolitical instability? Well, uh, Liz Truss is planning to um, run big budget deficits. Because Britain has so much public debt, over 100%, uh, remember ours is around about 30%, she's not going to get the leeway from financial markets that she might want because they don't believe her and they've forced the British pound down to near its COVID 2020 lows and beyond that it would be at its lowest point since the mid-1980s. That's important because a lower British pound increases prices in Britain and inflation there is expected to rise potentially above 20% early next year. Interest rates rose as well. The um, British 10-year gilt or government bond yield rose above 3% for the first time since 2014 and the combination of higher interest rates and a lower pound is going to put extra stress not just on the government's finances but more broadly on the British economy which overnight uh, actually contracted its manufacturing activity for the first time since the initial COVID lockdowns. Now this is happening at the same time as Europe is having its own energy crisis so over the weekend the G7 announced plans for a cap on Russian oil prices. Uh, they plan to use the insurance and financial markets to impose this cap. Most people don't think it's work, 
it will work in that it's mostly a performative um, piece of policy. I looks like you're doing something when you aren't really. Now that is uh, likely to um, cause all sorts of uh, ructions in oil markets and it certainly upset Russia. Over the weekend, Russia decided to indefinitely suspend supplies of gas to Europe through its Nord Stream 1 pipeline. You might recall this was closed down for maintenance uh, four or five days ago and the, the Europeans thought it might not be turned back on, but hoped it would be. And Russia has just decided not to turn it back on. It blames Western sanctions and says that the gas won't be turned back on until the sanctions end and this price cap is removed. So it's now full on uh, prepare for winter in uh, Europe with potential rationing of gas supplies. Uh, lots of big factories are shutting down because of the incredibly high electricity prices. Uh, governments are preparing multi tens of billions of dollars worth of subsidies for consumers and businesses to cope with brutal electricity prices. The European Union is recommending that countries impose windfall profit taxes to help pay for this. And Germany, despite a long debate, has decided to go ahead with this. And even Britain is planning some sort of windfall profit tax. Now all of this is um, incredibly destabilizing and is likely to lead to further recessionary signals in Europe and in continental Europe and in Britain along with higher inflation. So what? Well, in combination with what we're seeing in the rest of the world, which is more recessionary signs, but with very low unemployment and still pressure on wages, you're also seeing inflation rise because of high energy prices. Now on that note, some more bad news overnight, although not dramatically bad. OPEC Plus, which is the um, combination of Middle Eastern suppliers plus Venezuela and Russia, announced that they would cut, cut uh, oil supplies by about 100,000 barrels a month, which isn't a huge amount. It's a, more of a symbolic move, but that pushed up the price of oil, uh, which has been dropping sharply lately, again, because of these recessionary thoughts. It has uh, bounced overnight by $2 US a barrel to about $95 US a barrel for Brent crude, which is the one that we watch most closely. So, big picture, what does this all mean? Well, potentially more inflation from the rest of the world, slower growth from the rest of the world, these are stagflationary signs. And the question is, so will that mean higher or lower interest rates for us? It will depend on how markets perceive it and also what the Reserve Bank thinks. I um, personally think that in the end, the recessionary forces will win out over the inflationary forces, particularly if you see more drama, not just in Europe, but in China, where overnight there are a bunch of new lockdowns for COVID and upwards of 35% of the Chinese economy is now locked down. That's going to add to the recessionary forces in China as well and ultimately is reducing demand for our exports. However, all of this is happening at the same time as there's a so-called flight to quality. And as the United States increases its interest rates, uh, we're seeing a very strong US dollar. Now that matters for us because that strong US dollar means our dollar is weak versus the US dollar, down around 61 US cents. It's close to its lows that it hit right at the beginning of COVID. 
and that is uh, good for exporters, not so good for those people who are importing things because they'll be more expensive in New Zealand dollar terms. So slightly inflationary. And uh, certainly that um, will mean the Reserve Bank will find it less easy to cut interest rates next year if you see this sorts of inflation come through from a lower currency. So uh, plenty of geopolitical drama to report this morning. Uh, you could argue we've been seeing this for years and years now. In my view, this is at least partly due to the increasingly destabilized nature of Western democratic politics, an increasingly populist turn towards often right-wing politicians who are, um, in effect, doing things to make their sponsors richer. And often their sponsors are already very rich and they're about to get even richer because tax cuts. And uh, widening inequality, in effect, is a, a negative feedback loop that seems to worsen these trends towards um, de-democratization and political instability that unfortunately leads to wars. And the, um, and the very unfortunate and painful thing is that a lack of political cooperation across borders is going to make it difficult to deal with the ultimate challenge, which is climate change. I don't have a solution for these things, but I think it's it's worth knowing about. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was my dawn chorus for September the 6th, a Monday. A Monday. Sorry, a Tuesday. Kaki <laughs> no.